Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey there, people. This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. And today I have someone who I've had here a couple of weeks ago, well, if aired a couple of weeks ago, and his name is Dr. Rick Cromie, and he's a best-selling author of Gen Tech, an international speaker, a cultural historian, a professor, a pastor, like all these things that I love, right? So his mission is to help people interpret history, navigate culture, and explore faith to create trusted and in for, um, transformative change. And as you guys know, I love to dig into stuff like that. I've had pastors on here before, Rick, and we talked about, you know, um, like tough questions that people had. So I had like my audience ask these tough questions and then I kind of put the pastor on the spot. So it's just really fun um, because, I, you know, that's what he does anyway. He goes to big uh, college campuses and that's what he does anyway. Right. So yeah. uh, it's really, really fun. So I'm so glad you're here, Rick. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. And uh, I, you know what, first of all, to come back onto Nina's show is just, you know, wonderful right there to have the opportunity to Thank come you. back. But I got to tell you, I know I've arrived on your show when my picture's in your intro. I mean, that right. is, that's, that's what I'm going to shoot for is to get my picture in your intro. <laughs> That's you need you need this face. You need this face right. somewhere. In your That's so funny, Rick. It's really really great. To, I know that last time we spoke, we spoke a lot about like things you've been through in your life and, and a lot of the overcoming that you went through, um, which was really great. We also touched a little bit on faith. Uh, we touched uh, on uh, the fact that you know as you were younger, you were kind of in faith and then kind of out of faith and found your way back. And it was really a great, fantastic conversation. And so. I know that we had such a good time that by the 30 minutes, I'm like, okay, well, you're coming back, right? Rick? I mean, like you're coming back, right? And um, so some of the things I love to talk about, and I know that this is also in your wheelhouse, right, is faith and culture. And um, that means a lot of different things to people. So I wanted to maybe start there. Maybe we can start with what is faith and culture? Like how, you know, how do you describe those things? Well, culture is is the context in which we grow, which in which we're, we're inhabiting. And, and obviously culture, there's all sorts of different culture contexts. Mm-hmm. I mean, even here in America, we have different cultural contexts. 
I grew up in central Montana, which is more of a cowboy context, you know, right. which is much different than if you grew up in the inner city of, of New York or uh, Chicago or, or Los Angeles. Uh, you know, just so there's even in America, there are contexts can be, you know, a, a variety of different um, right. spaces. But in general, you know, we start looking at when we get up to the 30,000 foot level, we can start seeing the bigger shifts in culture. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we've moved out of what's classically been defined as modernity uh, into what's more known as a postmodern culture. Some would argue okay. it's a postmodern, post-Christian, post-industrial, post-everything culture. And, you know, I, I think that that's fair. We, we definitely have made a shift here. I mm -hmm. think COVID has actually exasperated the shift it's yeah. it's blown it up you know uh, if you would have told me you know three or four years ago that there was going to be a virus that's going to actually close every church in america i never would have believed it you know yeah, but even either. here in idaho even here in idaho where where we we pretty much for about three weeks we closed the churches closed down and there are still some churches in idaho that have never opened back up wow there's they're still they're still not open yeah. You think so, they're not open due to the due to the 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 fear of the pandemic or just uh losing attendance cuz that's happening a lot too. Obviously, yeah. Now when we look at the the church world today, there's been uh, we for the last 40 years there's been a slow um, if you look at the church tennis like a big balloon, there's been a mm -hmm. slow letting out of the air of the balloon. And what, what happened was, again, postmodern cultures, those born since 1960, never really connected with the church. Uh, I'm, I'm part of Gen X and mm -hmm. the Gen X generation. You know, we grew up and basically uh, there were still loyalists to it. There were still those of us. I, I include myself in that where, you know, I, I stayed tight with my faith, but a lot of my friends walked away. The millennial generation, which was the most church generation in American history, I might say. I mean, they literally more money was poured into the millennial generation, more programming, more more everything. When you think of everything that exploded in in what we call uh, contemporary Christian culture in the in the last 20 years or, or since 1980, it really was to reach and 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 work with that millennial generation. And yet they walked away in droves after graduation. Right. From high school, and I, I actually think it's due to the um, the tragedy. I'm a children's ministry guy, so I did a lot of analysis of this back in the '90s. So I'm not saying anything new, but right. we focused a lot in the '80s and '90s. It really started to emerge in the '80s, and you know, feel free to change this conversation if it's boring to you. But I love it's it. <laughs> it's fascinating to me to see how things change. But in the '80s and '90s, children's ministry became more performance oriented. Yes, uh, we, we started to give away prizes. You know, in fact, some churches began to look like Chuck E. Cheese pizzerias. They had right. little prize bars and everything. And so kids were getting prizes for attending. They were getting prizes for saying their memory verses. They were getting prizes for bringing friends. And, and, and it was working because prizes always work. The problem is anybody who's done any research on incentives will tell you that in the long run, Mm -hmm. The prize, the incentive trap fails miserably. And that's right. what's happened. And in general, I think what happened for in Christianity is that we taught kids to perform and conform, but yep. they were never transformed in their lives towards a Christian based worldview. 
And so when they graduated from high school, they didn't know how to deal with professors who were atheists. And trust me, they went off to the universities and that's what got them. A lot of kids, uh, I know students who went to, went to Bible colleges and, and literally got, you know, a couple of years into Bible college and they became atheists. You know, yeah. so it's not it's, the, it's not just secular universities. It's kids who have, they, this millennial generation grew up and just said, uh-uh, you know, if yeah. this is what church is, I'm done. And they became known as the nuns because they would push, mm. push none on the on the old uh, surveys as far as what their religious preference was. But there's an, actually a new. Yeah, there's a new demographic now, uh, you know, that's rising up. And that's guys like, you know, our age, you know, 40s and 50s. Largely, it's Gen X driven. And they're called the Duns because they're basically, you know, we've done this for so long. And we just said, you know, enough. I'm not I'm not going to do the dog and pony performance show on Sunday morning because that's really a boomer driven thing. Most people don't realize yeah. Yeah. that the Sunday morning stage show is I call it Woodstock worship because it was it was really the result of the Jesus movement and a shift in church to move towards the stage and to have everything timed out, performed out. You know, church used to be a lot more messy than it is now. Right. Uh, today. So anyway, I'll pause right there and I love that. Right? That's oh a little God, straight talk. I'm no like, sugar ah. added. Yeah, no sugar added on that one. <laughs> That's right. And I and I love that. I love that. Um, and I saw I, you know, because um I, I'm also I'm 50, right? So I'm gonna be 50 this year. I also saw that shift. I also mm. saw that change happening, and especially because my kids were born, you know, um for um millennials, right? So yeah. I, I saw that, and you know, I'm I'm wondering what this looks like now, right? Because I went through that as well, like where I was up and down a little bit with my faith and, you know, what I was doing. And, and I'm like a little bit more straight up about that, Rick. Like I'm, I don't hide my faith at all. I don't hide that I'm a Christian at all. Um, I refuse to actually, you know, because I found myself for a little while, especially when you're on, on, uh, you know, on a show and on, you know, podcast, I found myself not wanting to talk about it too much. And then I said, what am I doing? What am I doing? Right. Um, and so I had to change that, but do you feel like now with the culture now, um, the new gen? What's the new generation called? Well, they're 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 popularly known as Gen Z. Gen Z, Z. right? Yeah, Z. That's, but that's right, that's right. Uh, I actually call them the I Techs in, in my book, uh, Gen Tech. Uh, I talk yeah. about the technology and how it's it's shaped generations, and I call them the I Techs because they were literally those born since the year two thousand. Mm-hmm. They were raised on the iTechnologies I, of the mm-hmm. iTunes, iPod, iPad, iPhone, so iWatches, and social media. So they have a totally different cultural context yeah. as far as how they relate than you and I did growing up with uh, cable television and right. game video games that was our technology right <laughs> right i mean we used to like not have to be on our cell phones there was no such thing back right. then I, I remember telling my kids one day oh that's a great record they're like what's a record i'm like oh my gosh right <laughs> oh my gosh right, right? Yeah. it just shows you the yeah. different and it's like a by leaps and bounds too i feel like it just changes so much like even now with the newer uh generation talking about metaverse and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And I, my mind can't wrap myself around that yet. You know, I'm even trying to just figure out what cryptocurrency is, yeah. let alone. Well, right. 
<laughs> well, 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 buckle up, Buttercup, because you ain't seen nothing yet. I know. Uh, the, the, the new generation that's emerging, they've been born since 2010. I call the robo generation because they are, they're literally the robotics generation because that's yeah. what's popping right now are robotics. You're going to mm -hmm. start seeing robots everywhere in our culture, everywhere. Wow. And wow. what's really interesting is that I call them, they're basically going to be wired around hair technologies. I love acronyms and this helps me to remember, but their technologies are going to be holographic, artificially mm -hmm. intelligent and robots, H-A-I-R, wow. holographic. Wow. And, and if you watch the Olympics, we just the Olympics are going on right now. If you watch the opening ceremonies, the Chinese opening the, the Olympics there was amazing. The opening ceremonies because of the holographic technology. I mean, mm -hmm. they had so many other things going. But when you're seeing snowflakes fall down like they ever do, that's all holographic, and that's the thing that's going to be amazing. Wow. Art. Wow. These kids coming up right now, they they won't know what real is because right. holographic technology right. will be able. Yeah. What's yeah. real? Real is going to be, can you touch a person? Can you actually, you know, physically know that that person is real? It's, yeah, it's going to be a new world. It, it is. It, it is a new world, right? I was reading an article, I think it was like two, three days ago, where this woman was um, saying how she was on, in the metaverse and some guys surrounded her and, and they were like groping her and stuff. And she was like completely like uh, offended that this was. And I'm thinking then get out of the metaverse. <laughs> like That's just the way yeah. my brain works. Like, I'm, well, if you're, you're just like, just like get out, why are you still there? Like, you know, but that's, you know, anyway, but the, the whole thing is, is like, I'm, I, you know, I don't always wrap myself around that, but I did have a question for you because mm -hmm. as, because you're studying all of these generations and technologies and, and, and all of that and faith and culture, do you think it's going to be, do you think it's gotten more challenging because we have all of this technology to, to connect um, the generations to faith because I realize we are just inundated with information, right, Rick? I mean, we have right. so much information, but we're all like starving for wisdom. We're all lacking wisdom. And I'm, and I'm wondering if the, if the new technology, the, the holographics and all this great stuff that's coming out, because some of it can be fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. Is that pulling our generations away from, from the basis of what faith is? What do you think? Well, I think you can make that argument for any technology. Mm. You know, you go back uh, radio when that uh, came out, there was, it was arguably uh, a, a distraction technology that many uh, preachers and, and religious people were, were railing against, even though they start, a few of them figured out, well, why don't I just be on the radio? That would right. solve a lot of problems. Right. You know, but television came out. When television, it did the same thing, this distraction technology. I mm. think we've always, video gaming is a distraction technology. But when yeah. you start looking at its uses, its positive uses, yeah. uh, you know, they're, it, it's the sky's the limit. I, the internet, I think, again, distraction technology, social mm -hmm. media, distraction technology, mm -hmm. smartphones, distraction technology. So true. We're, we're always going to have those type of technologies bubbling. What, what I like right now about, you know, I, I'm going to speak as a Christian myself, what I think Christianity has over every other faith system. And, and by the way, I honor those who, who you know, Muslims and and Jews and all the other and all faiths. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I honor all faiths, and you know, I, I can. I the the search for faith is so important, and and the search for understanding and God. But one of the things I love about Christianity 
is the heartbeat of it is incarnation. It's about mm -hmm. God coming down into mm -hmm. this world, incarnating and becoming part of the word. You know, the, the Bible actually says the word became flesh. Right. And I think that's going to be a distinctive theology in the coming years because our, the generations that are emerging right now, their big question is what's going to, what is true and what right. is real, what's true and what's yeah. real. That's going yeah. to be the big question. And right. when, when you've got Christianity, which arguably is exclusive, you know, this whole idea that we have to be inclusive today doesn't work with Christianity. You know, right. it is by nature exclusive. Jesus yeah. himself said, I am the way, the truth, yeah. the life. No one comes to the father except by me. I mean, right. I, I, I wish, I wish he had said it differently, to be honest. It would have made our life easier, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, people say, people say you are so close-minded as Christians. And I go, yeah, we have to be. <laughs> I, we, you know, we follow a Messiah. We follow a person that we believe right. rose from the dead. And he said right. this and the early church believed it. They, they taught the same yeah. thing and it's been taught yeah. that way for 2000 years. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an exclusive yeah. community. Doesn't mean you can't come in. Doesn't right. mean you can't have a part. Everyone is welcome. But right. if you think, you know, that uh, Christianity is an inclusive uh, you're missing, you're missing a lot. It's really yeah. very exclusive. Yeah. And I think that's a hard pill to swallow, right? Because everything mm -hmm. is about being inclusive now and, yeah. and not being offensive and not be, and, and Christianity can be offensive. It's very inclusive. Right? <laughs> Jesus yeah. did not make it easy for us, Rick. That's for no. sure. No, absolutely not. Right? Not not. Yeah. So yeah. what we have is very similar to the culture in the first century with Rome. You know, mm. the church operating, you know, that Rome was very much an inclusive culture. Of course, they would yeah. include you. And then if you acted up, they would just destroy you. I mean, that's right. how Rome operated. Uh, right. And they would persecute. One of the reasons why Christians were persecuted so greatly by Rome for the first couple hundred years, 300 years, actually, was because of their exclusivity. Uh, right. they, they said there is no other Lord but Jesus. And right. Of course, the Roman would say, Caesar is Lord. You know, right. that's where that whole phrase came from. Caesar is Lord. And the church said, uh-uh, politically wrong. Jesus is Lord. And that's what created the whole problem. And I think we're back into that. We're, we're right back. We're just, it's Rome revisited. It's yeah. Rome 2.0. It's Rome rebooted. And we live in a culture that is going to be increasingly anti-Christian. Mm. But at the same time, it's going to be more attracted to Christianity. Christianity has always thrived in contexts where it's been persecuted. Thrived, but it thrives underground. Anytime it mainstreams, anytime it becomes the thing, as it was for what we called Christendom, 1500 years, you know, mm. it, um, it, 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 it gets into problems. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think needs to happen, though, to, to like shift some of the the performances or the, the churches that perform, right? Because that's still happening and it's still happening in a large scale, right? So I often wonder like, how do we get, how do we get the next generation to see uh, their faith or the uh, uh, faith as something that is needed, right? Um, 
I came also from, you know, from a from a church that was very about performance, very much about performance. And when you're in there, you kind of like it. You know, it's oh, like yeah. it's super fun. It's entertaining. I mean, it's like going to a concert, but you're not at the concert and you feel like you're not sitting because you're at this other concert. That's a Christian concert. Oh. Um, so but then I, I did. I had gone through the same thing, Rick, when I when I uh, was struggling with that, um, I, I realized I didn't know as much as I thought I did. You know, mm -hmm. and I realized I was more for the entertainment than I actually was having a deep um, relationship with God. And that was really hard. That's really hard. Yeah. And some people lose their way sometimes along the way, you know, trying to find that journey. Right. Have you seen yeah. that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's yeah. part of the that that's the whole problem. You know, when we look at where we're going, I think, again, COVID has blown blown up the model so to speak mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, the, the boomer and let me just use the word mega church model that has shifted and really what happened was the mega church was highly successful right. with a particular uh demographic it's always been successful with a particular demographic mm -hmm. but it's also been if, if you're involved with uh this world as I am, this, this church world, I call it churchianity. Uh, you, this, this church world, you know, the, the mega church, everything kind of goes down. And so now you have small churches trying to act big. Right. And I always tell my small church friends, act small, think small, do small, except think smaller. You, you mm. think smaller, not mm. small. First of all, make that shift. I'm a, I'm a small guy. But actually, I like to say I'm a smaller guy compared to everybody else. Right. And there are advantages to being smaller. I'll tell you, flying is one of those advantages. I can slide into any seat. And at five foot four, I can stretch out even in the most <laughs> tight situation. There's advantages <laughs> right. to being smaller. Right. Motorcycles. Motorcycles and Los Angeles traffic, small is tall. They right. can go right through that traffic. Hey, listen, go to Starbucks. Great analogy, order, right? Go to Starbucks and order a tall. What do you get? You get a small, right? Right. Yeah. Small right. is tall in our culture. Absolutely. <laughs> so so I think that's where the church needs to go. And I think mm. that's where the church is going to go. I, I run a, a, a Thursday night, I call MANA, because my organization is called MANA. We call it MANA Life Group. And we have people that don't go to church at all, but man, a life group is their church. It's where mm -hmm. they find community. And I think the micro church, which is the fastest growing church in America today, it's, it's the small church that's under 25 people and it's meeting in people's homes. You never hear about it you, because they don't put up a sign. The only way right. to get into these micro churches is by personal invitation. And it is highly attractive, especially to millennials, but really Gen X as well. These, these postmodern generations that want to talk about their faith. They don't want somebody right. up there giving a lecture. If they want that, they'll go get a podcast or they'll go listen to some preacher, you know, that's, that's got a, a Bible study that they like or something on YouTube. They'll, they'll gravitate towards a personality. Mm -hmm. What they really want, what I want, what you probably want is a conversation. Yeah. We, they want to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. And that's what Mana does. We focus on conversational theology. We recognize that it's theology's messy. Uh, we have certain things that we stand for. You know, there are certain non-negotiables, obviously, in the conversations, yeah. you know, but right. at the same time, we get together for relationships. We get together to experience the Lord's Supper every week. You know, we get together to, to, uh, to, to just be friends and to pray. Yeah. We 
half of our we have a half hour where we just been do nothing but pray. You know. Now is is this uh, virtually or is this in physical like a physical location? We we, we have phys a physical location, but you can come by Zoom. Uh, oh. Right now, we, we have people in it's basically Boise area who zoom okay. in. But last week we had nine people on Zoom and then oh, we wow. throw we, we put the Zoom people up on the big screen TV. So they're right in the room with us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really so great. Yeah. And we work really hard to create a Zoom relationships. In fact, what's happening is, is our Zoom group has become their own small group. Uh, you know, it's just, it's amazing to watch them. Uh, they, they really are tight. In fact, the first thing they do when they all zoom in is we put them into their little room and they just go and they just talk and they get caught up and they, they deal with, with what life is dealing is delivering to them right now. And, and mm. it's just fun to watch that. Yeah, I, it is. I, I love that you're doing that too, because I, you're absolutely right. These micro churches are popping up everywhere mm -hmm. and I, I've been to one and it's really nice. It's really nice. Like you're, you're sitting there, the pastor's talking or whoever's leading the group and you do get to have a dialogue and you get to ask a question of the passage mm -hmm. they just spoke about and you get to experience life. And I think that um, that is something that that was missing with this mega church because the pastor wasn't even somebody you could even talk to or make no. an appointment with or even touch, yeah. right? He had a, like an entourage around him and you're like, is he a superstar? Is he, what, what's, what's going on? here but the thing is is the the intimacy was broken right and right. i think that that served them well for some time um and you know obviously right because these mega churches are huge so they obviously serve them well um but i think you're right i think especially with covid it changed all of that and more right. people um are trying to i at least the people i speak to are are trying to connect again they feel yeah. disconnected they feel yeah. disconnected, right? Yeah. Do you think that that's why faith is rising up in the culture, do you think? Because people oh. feel disconnected, a little lost? Absolutely. In fact, uh, I like to use the word spiritual. We are a very spiritual culture, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. and, and if you talk about spirituality, nobody takes offense at that. It's only mm -hmm. when you start getting, you know, that exclusiveness. Uh, mm -hmm. And again, I would, when we, when you and I talk about our Christian faith and what, how it plays out and all that. And again, for those of you listening here that are not of the Christian tradition, uh, I just encourage you to, to listen in and, and think about how that works within your own faith tradition, mm -hmm. you know, because I, this isn't just a Christian thing. This is a cultural shift where our, our world, we are gravitating towards small. Yeah. The edges. We're moving towards micro. We're moving towards hyper personalized. Uh, mm -hmm. This, you know, I, I hear over and over again from different uh, corners. Every now and then, someone will say, "Well, you know, this this technology has sure disconnected us. It's disconnected us." I say, "No, it's hyper connected us. We are more hyper connected to everything." I mean, your yeah. smartphone dings, and what's the first thing you do? It's like Pavlov's yeah. dog. We got to look at it, you know, right. because we're hyper connected. <laughs> so the minute the plane, went, I remember when I, I used so to true. for a long time, <laughs> I remember when the plane landed, there was a race. There was a race to a bank of, of things on the wall and you'd feed it quarters to call somebody and you could only go so far because there was a cord holding you to the wall. Right. But, but now, but now the minute that plane lands, everybody's phone lights up and there's instant connection. Yeah, that's instant so connection. true. Yeah. And even in the yeah. air now, you may not be able to make a call, all right, but there's instant connection to the internet. You you haven't yeah. lost touch. That's the yeah. thing that's going to be the biggest 
for for people are the younger generations disconnection is like turning off the electricity you know mm -hmm. it, it, it's it, it really it's it, it's the worst thing that can happen yeah so, i was just yeah. gonna ask you do you think do you do you think it's the worst thing or the or a good thing that we're so hyper connected what, ah, how do you feel about ah, that exactly but see there's the other side of it we right. are so connected and we are so electronified is that a word electronified I it just is now it is that. now electronified <laughs> i love it <laughs> literally what's what's happened is that we crave places where we can mm. we can unplug and that's where i think again the church is going to have an advantage because yeah. the church is for 2000 years the church has focused on things like retreats and yeah. getting away and 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 removing yourself from from the world out there to be more in touch jesus often in his ministry when when things got really stressful would get away yeah. you know would go up by himself and spend time or he'd take a few disciples with him and he'd spend time alone and and just get away I think as we continue to move faster and faster in our this postmodern world that people of any type doesn't even Christian or not they're going to be craving places yeah. where they can get away. Yeah. And I so agree. but that's that's intentional unplugging. I'm yeah. talking about accidental unplugging. Right. Tell your go tell your kids sometimes that you know what if you keep acting that way i'm going to take away your cell phone meltdown 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 it's it's kind of like yeah i have a i have a grandson he is uh going to be 3 and his mom said okay that's enough with the ipad you would have thought we had committed a crime it was i'm like okay he's 3 we have yeah. a problem you know have you ever yeah. have you ever lost your cell phone I mean, seriously, lost yeah. it where you went. I yeah. don't know where it's at. Completely and lost. maybe it was on, if it was on silent, you can't even call it. So you don't know where it's at. It's, it's almost like you feel like you've lost your mind, a limb, right. you know, you feel like you've died or something. I mean, it's just, it changes everything. It does. That's, that's, that's because our cell phones are the first step into this artificially intelligent yeah. world. Yeah. This robot. In fact, a smartphone is nothing more than an, an an inanimate robot. It doesn't move, but it operates just the same as a robot does. It's personalized to you. It interacts mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. You can touch a button and say, uh, "Hey Siri, where, where where do I go? What do I do?" Mm -hmm. And it will give you mm -hmm. answers to the universe. Right. You know? Right. I think that's too much. Sometimes I think our brain also didn't is not evolving as fast as our technology. You know, when with all of this information, like I, hope not. I think we have, <laughs> yeah, we have way too much info. It's like way too much info. So, um, I'm a coach, right? So I I coach mm -hmm. women, um, you know, high achievers, professional women, and that's one of the things that really like you know you know, like shocks me every time is how like they are high achievers and they're really getting stuff done, but they're also stuck you know mm -hmm. because even though they have all of this wisdom intelligence and everything they also feel like they're not doing enough or they just need to do more or and they're like running this um i, I call it chronic stress chronic anxiety yeah. where you don't even notice it anymore you just yeah. are constantly there you know mm -hmm. um so i tech, i mean faith culture technology all of this is such a fabulous conversation i bet you have a good time with this don't you rick <laughs> Well, you know, because I never know where it's going to go, you know, right. and right. see, I, and I think historically, this is kind of some of the things I was prepared to talk about 
you know, historically, I think that the church in general has had uh, three responses to culture when you think about it. The first one is just isolation. You know, when we when we come up against culture that we don't like, you know, and, and this is we, we move into our echo chambers. Well, right. the church has done that. Historically, right. Christians have done that. They've, they've isolated. I mean, why do we have monks? Monks are nothing more than isolated Christians. Nuns are isolated Christians. I mean, we see this all over the place. Um, and it, what it does is it creates subcultures. Uh, yeah. you know, I live out here in Mormon country, and the Mormon church itself is a subculture. I mean, when you look right. at when you look at Mormon missionaries, they dress totally differently. You can always yep. tell a Mormon missionary coming your way. Yep. You know, they got the little badge and the white shirt yep. and the nice tie. They look great and they do good works and, and such. But at the same time, it's a subculture. It's yep. an isolated subculture. And you see that every faith has that. I mean, you see it within the Jewish religion. You see it within the Islamic religion. You see this okay. isolation. On the other hand, there are people that go the opposite direction. I call it immersion. They're not going to isolate. They're going to jump in whole hog, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to culture, they just, they say, why not? Let's just let the kids experiment. You know, I was a youth pastor and I had parents like that, you know, Hey, my kid's going to going to drink alcohol anyway. They might as well drink it at my house on Friday night underneath my eye. And I'm going, you right. know, your kids under age, first of all, I don't know what you're communicating <laughs> there, but I mean, they're, they're going to, they're going to get involved with pornography. So I'll just give them some pornography. And, you know, yeah. I, I heard, I heard all that as a youth. I've pastor. heard that too. Yep. Yeah. It's very immersive. And the whole idea is I might as well just, my kids are going to hear profanity. So I might as well say a few, few choice words myself every now and then it's okay. Well, Hey, that, that is one way to approach culture. You can either mm. isolate or you can immerse. Those are both the extremes. Mm. I think in the middle is where a lot of us go. I call it inoculation. This is okay. where we slowly expose our children to culture out there. Let's just use profanity. You know, uh, we watch when they're young. We don't let them watch certain shows. We don't watch certain movies because we know profanity's in it. We kind of keep that away mm -hmm. from them. Mm -hmm. But as they get older, I remember the first time we watched a movie and the F word went flying. And it wasn't faith, by the way. It was a different F right. word. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, we actually put pause on the movie and explain to our children what that word meant and why we don't say it and mm. why. And, and I got to tell you, I've never heard my kids say the F word. You know, wow. I've heard them say some other profane things, but I've never heard them say the F word because <laughs> they learned they, they learned very early that, you know, it's, it's not it's not a good word. So, right. so that, that's what inoculation is. It's slowly putting the, the actual virus into you. We know that from, from COVID. It's a, it's a vaccination. Right. You know, we're putting the virus into you. And that's, that's it. But I actually, as a Christian, think there's one more level that we often miss. I think mm -hmm. it's the Jesus model. And that's incarnation. Jesus was able to walk in this very painful, dark, profane world world that we live in and it was just as profane in the first century as it is today yeah it sure just is as violent as it was is today yep. just yep. as i mean bad it was just as bad he was able to walk in that world without sin he was able to walk in that world and look at look at people as helpless and harassed sheep without wow. a shepherd is what wow. it says they're helpless and harassed 
I, I remember, you know, the story where he goes to the tomb of Lazarus and he's, you know, this is his best friend and his, his friend has died and is buried. He has tears, you yeah. know, he Jesus cries, wept. he weeps. Mm -hmm. Yes. That that's incarnational living. It's the ability to walk through this culture unstained, not always perfect. I mean, Jesus right. was perfect, you know, according to the right. Christian theology. But for us as human beings, we walk through it the best we can. But yeah. we, we, keep, we can walk through with some confidence, as Christians anyway, I believe, through the Holy Spirit living in my life, that I'm going to be empowered to overcome these influences. So I'm not afraid of, of the pornography. I'm not afraid of the profanity. In fact, when I see an F. Biden flag and I see those all over the place up here in Idaho, I just <laughs> – I sure. pray for that person. I pray for that person. Right, right, you know? right, I, right. Wow. There were, there were F there were F Trump flags as well. I prayed for yeah. that person because right. they're helpless and harassed. They think there's no other option but to put that flag up and share what they feel about their president. Wow. Right. You know what? Wow. God's in control. I don't have he to sure worry is. about that. No president's sure in is. control. You know, I don't worry right. about that stuff. You know? Right. Right. I know, you know, um, I've, I've learned throughout my years of struggle and, and, you know, being homeless and all the things that I've been through, I always say, but God, but yeah. God, right. In my life, because I've, I've seen like the workings of the Holy spirit and stuff. I'm still a work in progress. You know, I still, I have so many things I do that I should not be doing, but I'm all, but every morning I get up, I get up with gratitude for my life, gratitude for the Lord in my life, gratitude that he kept me safe through the night. Like I think about him all the time. I pray to him all the time. I just love Lord. I love the Lord. I just yeah. love him. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, sometimes get a little concerned, like watching my grandchildren and stuff like that. And how sometimes my, my daughter doesn't go to church as she should, or isn't reading the word, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So that's why I wanted to ask you about faith and culture. Cause I think, you know, our next generation is our next generation, right? They're the ones mm -hmm. taking care of the world and taking care of us. So you've encouraged me, you've encouraged yeah. me with, um, uh, with your word and you're know, talking about the, um, the micro churches coming up and how people really do want to connect and how people are, you know, looking for spirituality. Right. And, and, and in the hopes that, well, I, anyway, I hope that they will find, you know, Christ in that journey, you know? So um, that's very encouraging, Rick. I'm really, really glad that you took the time to be on here with me. I, I just adore oh, yeah. you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I, I adore you too. You know, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and, you know, maybe someday I'll have to come back. We'll do one of those, ask the professor question. Oh, if you want about. to, I could do that. Don't play games. I'll have you back on I, here. I would, I, I actually enjoy doing that. Uh, I, I do that myself from time to time. I just open it up at my life group and say, you can ask any question about God, church, Bible, whatever. And oh, it's always a fun funny. time. It's yeah, always yeah. a fun time. Yeah. You know? We but could do that I, live I, if you want. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But I always say caveat is, is that I don't know everything. Um, yeah. I, you know, and, but I do know somebody who does. And, right. You know, right. I'll try to point you, I'll try to point you in our, in our doubts and our, our misses and stuff uh, towards that light. But yeah, mm -hmm. for me, if you're listening, um, obviously this has been a fairly, uh, Christian based type of episode podcast. It. It's mm -hmm. definitely more than what I tend to do. Uh, it's been, been wonderful just to share my own faith with you as well, Nina, but I, I, I want, I, I want people to, in, when my life is over, the only thing I want on my, and I'm not even going to have a gravestone, but if I had a gravestone, the carving would be, he pointed people towards Jesus. 
That's yeah. all I want. I just yeah. want to point people towards, you don't have to believe in Jesus. You don't have to agree with Jesus. You don't have to accept Jesus. But hopefully through my life, the joy in my life, the, the beauty right. in my life, you see the faith in my life, you see Jesus because Jesus is who has changed my life. Yeah. Ah, so good. So good. Thank you so much, Rick, for being here. But now before I let you go really quick, um, give us uh, like where people can follow you and, and all that great stuff. Like where can they go? Well, I'm on any place online that you want to be and need to be. And that's uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and uh, LinkedIn, all those. Uh, you can also go to rickcromie.com. And hopefully you'll include that link somewhere in your, yeah, I will. your uh, podcast area. Uh, but rickcromie.com is the place to go. If you're interested in my book, uh, uh, I sell the book for about the same price as Amazon, except I'll put an autograph in there for you. All uh, right. I like to say that the autograph is 20 bucks and the book is free. So you can get right. it that way. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for spending this time. This was really, truly a joy to my heart. And I really do uh, want to invite you back in the future because I would love to do a question and answer. Um, yeah. I did that with I did that with um, uh, Pastor Cliff and he was phenomenal. I gave him some tough questions too. So, but he did really, really good. I mean, so this will be so much fun. And so I would love to do that with you. And uh, yeah. before we do that, I would even um, you know, make sure that I key up the questions. So what I'll do is I'll ask the audience what kind of deep, like seated questions yeah. they have for you. And then I'll shoot them at you and we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, what's, <laughs> what's funny though, is most people have the same questions. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, you know, I've been doing this for so long. I, the questions are, they always, it's either about how we got started or how it's all going to end. And right. Right. Some questions in between. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so fun. Oh yes, guys, this was such a fabulous conversation. So make sure that you, um, you know, click like and, and follow Rick. I'm going to put all of his information below, get his book. I think that is such an interesting topic, um, you know, about, um, I think it's about generations, right? It's about generations and it's gen and technology. There it is. Gen tech, gen tech. So pick that up guys, pick it up and he will sign it with that $20 autograph that he has going on there. So make sure you guys get that. I love it. I love this conversation. I love that we were able to express our faith in who we are. And I know a lot of you are always like, even though you may not be Christian, you say to me, Nina, I still love the, you know, the love that pours out. I love the Christianity. I love speaking spiritually. So this is fantastic. And I'm glad that you guys were here with us. Make sure that you like and follow and share. Okay. This is Nina Perez. This is Straight Talk. No sugar added. Until next time. Broadcast is brought to you by WinCheck Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. 
With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.